to that breaking news from overnight. A deputy in Seminole County is now behind bars facing several charges. He was booked into jail just before midnight. We want to get to West Juice Bob Hazen. He's live at the sheriff's office this morning. Bob, it all began following a traffic stop. And investigators say during that traffic stop, this deputy sexually battered the driver, and now he is here at the Seminole County Jail. The Seminole County Sheriff's Office says this happened on Monday. Deputy Andrew Berkvist allegedly pulling over a woman for a traffic stop, and during that stop, that he inappropriately touched the driver. Now, the info from the Sheriff's Office doesn't explain exactly what they say he did, but they do say that they got a complaint about it later in the day, and Berkvist was suspended, and he's not been back on patrol since last night he was arrested and booked into jail. We're told Berkvist started with the sheriff's office back in 2017, actually working here at the jail and became a deputy sheriff in 2020. Sheriff Dennis Lima sent us a statement early this morning saying, quote, it is our oath and responsibility to uphold the law and support victims of these crimes, not create victims. Berkvist's actions are a complete contradiction of the norms, customs and values of this organization and the trust that citizens place in policing professionals. Right now, Berkvist is charged with false imprisonment and sexual battery. He is being held in the jail on no bond, but goes in front of a judge later on this afternoon. And the sheriff's office also says they've gone back and looked at video from other traffic stops that he's been involved in to see if this is a behavior that he's committed before in the past. But they say as of this point, they haven't found anything like that, but they're asking anyone who does have any kind of concerns about behavior they saw from Berkfist during traffic stops to give the Seminole County Sheriff's Office a call. Reporting live at the Seminole County Jail, Bob Hazen, WESH 2 News. Bob, thank you. A man is facing charges after a video shared on social media shows a car circling an Orange County fire truck several times. This happened back in April. Orange County Fire Rescue says the incident happened near Sand Lake and Wine Guard as they responded to a car fire. When they arrived, they say the crew encountered large crowds and cars involved in street racing. Deputies said 25-year-old Elijah Grove Thomas faces felony and misdemeanor charges. Orlando police searched a property yesterday in connection with a 12-year-old cold case. Michelle Parker went missing in 2011 after haggling over a lost engagement ring with her ex-fiancé on an episode of People's Court. And Parker's ex-fiancé was at one point considered a person of interest in her disappearance, but now his father's backyard was at the center of the search. West Tuesday, McDaniel spoke to Parker's mom about the latest. For justice. I'm holding out hope for justice and closure. It's been nearly 12 years and many very long days since Michelle Parker disappeared. Before the Orlando Police Department arrived to start the search, they made sure that Michelle Parker's family knew exactly what was going on. I was just a nervous wreck all morning. You know, adrenaline, tears, you know, like, oh my God, what if she's there? Thank you. What if she's not there? Darn. Moving equipment out and kind of scoping a general ground area. Neighbor Chris Moore providing us this photo of law enforcement in place at the home of Dale Smith Sr. His son Dale Jr. was once engaged to Michelle Parker and she vanished right after the two of them were on the people's court over a lost engagement ring. It looked like a big lawnmower, like a yellow lawnmower with a screen. And then uh, just looked like they were following a general track towards a specified area. And that's where he went right after Michelle dropped the twins off at his house that day. He went right to his dad's house. They had um, penetrating radar and they went through a concrete slab that had been poured the year after Michelle went missing. She was told nothing was found during the search. We reached out to Dale Smith's attorney and got a statement which reads in part, 
Of course they did not find anything today because Dale Smith Jr. is innocent. It's one more hurdle and we're just not done yet and we're just going to keep going as long as there's somebody who might tell or a tip or an idea. That's all we have. And while the family fights for closure and answers, Smith's attorney adds, police have wasted an unbelievable amount of time and resources investigating the wrong person. Both ends. I mean, I know Michelle's, I know Michelle's gone, but I would like to have closure for the family, for her kids. Dave McDaniel, West Two News. There is a reward of $200,000 for information leading to Parker or an arrest in the case. A Volusia County mom is speaking out after her seven-year-old found and fired a gun that deputies believe could be connected to a crime. Anthony Galloway was arrested on charges including carjacking with a firearm on Monday. The area where he's accused of dumping the car is not far from where Kimber Taylor's seven-year-old son found and fired a gun just hours later. The bullet hit an empty apartment. I just keep coming back to why was he out? Why was that guy out? Why was that able to happen in the first place? I mean, my kids should not come home from the first day of school and find a gun out in the open. The sheriff's office says Galloway has 22 previous misdemeanor convictions and 12 felonies. He is being held in the Volusia County Jail. It's been three months since a two-year-old Seminole County boy drowned in a home daycare pool, and now his family just found out no charges will be filed in the case, but his grandmother's vowing to make sure her grandson is not forgotten and that other children are protected. On May 9th, Wesley Seth fell into the pool at the Adkins Family Daycare Home in Chuliota. He later died at the hospital. The medical examiner determined the cause of death to be accidental drowning. To protect other kids, his grandmother is pushing for Wesley Seth's law. You're yes, she had the mesh fence. He was able to push through the mesh fence. If she had an alarm in the pool, she would have heard him the second he hit the water and he could still be here today. So she started that petition three weeks after Wesley's passing. Now she has more than 16,000 signatures. Heavy equipment is out and ready for crews to remove 10 stories of scaffolding on Orange Avenue. And West 2's Tony Atkins joins us live from downtown Orlando. Tony, this has really led to some big issues on some busy streets in the city for more than a week. Yeah, if you're driving downtown Jason, walking, or if you own a business downtown in this area, there's some uh, percentage that you have been impacted by this in some way. Now, crews have been making their way out this morning, getting ready to remove parts of this 10-story scaffolding right behind me. Just take a look right here. You can see some crews doing some measurements as they get ready to prepare to uh, take apart this scaffolding. Now, the company behind this work, Balfour Beatty, they've been renovating the building here for uh, months now here at the corner of Orange Avenue and Church Street. But about a week ago, that's when they noticed that some of that scaffolding was disconnected from the building and in some places even leaning away from it. This caused a, a number of businesses and parts of the road to close as a safety precaution. On Tuesday, the sidewalks on the north side of Church Street between Garland and Orange Avenue reopened with limited hours from 8 a.m. until 3 a.m. On weekdays and from 10 a.m. until 3 a.m. on weekends, giving crews to get this uh, those overnight hours to to get this work done. Now, the city says if you're wondering if any business here in this area is open or closed and not or not, the best bet you can 
do is to give that business a call directly to confirm that. As far as the removal of the scaffolding, we are keeping an eye on it right now and we'll have updates throughout the morning as the progress continues. They say this project could last a week or more to get this completely removed here from this building. For now, reporting live downtown, Tony Atkins, West News. All right, Tony. Razzle's nightclub in Daytona Beach is now able to operate after midnight. This comes following the extended hours permit that had previously uh, been in place now being suspended. One of the incidents that led to the suspension was a shooting outside that club last month. We have the video of that incident and we do want to warn you, it may be hard to watch. The woman accused in this shooting was arrested. Then a separate incident happened this past weekend when an underage girl backed into two bike officers. Now Rassels will have to search all bags and there's a limit to just how big bags can be. There will also be more security to watch the parking lot. If these things are done, we believe that puts us in a place to be able to uh, say we're satisfied for, for uh, this circumstance. Razzles has seven days to fully implement the changes, but can stay open late in the meantime.